our best defense has been social distancing. No handshaking, staying home when you're sick, washing your hands frequently. Did you wash your hands? Welcome to a special edition of Old Fashioned Health on The Real 1100. As we continue to deal with the coronavirus pandemic that has affected the world over, your hosts, Alvin and Edmund, will be joined by medical professionals that will keep you informed, safe, and healthy inside and out. And now, here are your hosts, Alvin and Edmund. All right, all right, all right, all right. What's going on, y'all? This is Alvin. And Edmund. What's up, everybody? How y'all doing, man? going on what's the new what's the latest hey man you tell me what's going on out here in the world oh yeah we look like we waiting on our engineer to wake up because he half asleep i'm half hearing myself and carrying on man what you doing on there wake up man come on i'm up man I'm all up. right good lord he came in stretching and like, like he's like 90 years old yarning, yarning and carrying <laughs> on yeah y'all this is alvin and Edmund here on the old-fashioned health show good health inside and out we planning a really good show for y'all today we got uh so Dr. Alexander already, but actually all the doctors already sent their topics in, what they're going to talk about. Okay. One of the things Doc sent in that, uh, that he wants to talk about, I think is really, really urgent that we need to talk about, is the coronavirus and how it's, uh, how it's uh, coming back, uh, how it seemed to be coming back all of a sudden. They thought it was gone, and now it's, it's, it's on the rise again. Wow. Yeah, so we're going to see what's going on. Some countries have having a soft shutdown mm-hmm. in certain places because they see the spike. And then that guy that's in the White House, he's having something in uh, Oklahoma, and he's putting 40,000. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? He's he putting 40,000 people in this place. And get this, he told him, said, listen, y'all, come on, come on, come on. But I need you to sign this so in case something happened to a you. Waiver. A, a waiver. A waiver. Just in case. Yeah, just in case. <laughs> I don't want you to try to sue me, but come on and get you a little bit of this corona and then something with my conversation. That's crazy. Wow. Why would you even go if he's telling you if you come, I want you to sign this waiver, and I'm not responsible for you if you get sick? Well, that's, you know, a lot of businesses are doing that now, so that's different. You have the option. Well, but he he said masks are not required. If you come into my establishment, you know, I'm hoping you wear a mask or something like that. Listen. But I'm not asking you to say sign a waiver for coming there and buying some off my shelf. No mask, no service. <laughs> <laughs> like this, you know, the t-shirt. <laughs> yep, no mask, no shirt, no, no t-shirts, t-shirts, no, no flip flop, no shoes. Yeah, 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 none of that. Hey, hey, and did y'all see the six? There was fifteen young young people that got sick. They went to Florida, your hometown down there, had a good time, and all of them got sick. I didn't see that. What happened? All of, Corona. They went down there just uh, one pantry. They where, went to Florida during the spring break. Okay, just oh, having a party, break. having a good time, thinking it was okay. Each one of them got sick. With the coronavirus, and they's like, we would never do that again. We didn't realize that they didn't think it was that severe, yeah. and they all young. It's like, okay, we learned a lesson, and when they said they're telling everybody this is serious because it is it's nerve wracking because you don't know what turn your body would take if you could catch coronavirus. Some people have a uh, maybe three four days, and some people have a really bad episode. Wow, man. So uh, yeah, I don't, I don't need corona in my life and nothing like that. So. It's getting dangerous, y'all. So, yeah, that's one of the things we're going to talk about today, uh, how it is actually spiked. And uh, also, Dr. Hines is going to join us today. Uh, she got tired of last week. Hopefully, she was able to get out to us this week. And she has a great topic that she is going to talk about with us also. And it's talking about uh, discrimination in uh, versus doing med- doing, d- dealing with medical treatments, you know, in the hospital and stuff like that. I've heard about that before. Yeah, you know, they're saying that uh, females, when they go in, especially uh, black women, mm-hmm. get discriminated against a lot. 
when he talks about coming to the hospital. And Dr. Sewell is going to talk about recognizing trauma. You need to recognize if there's trauma in your life. So she's going to tell us what to look for. Good stuff. To determine. Yeah, so okay. we got that going. And then you and I are going to have our music battle, the other half of the All right. hour. I hope you I see. Look, look y'all, I'm not trying to get you. <laughs> So today, Edmund is writing in the lines of his paper. Everything is all neat. He's using one sheet of paper. Everything is spaced <laughs> properly. He was here like an hour before me. Probably not an hour. But I'm like, okay, what's what's going on there? I don't know this guy. I have no idea, man. Uh, so what's your plans for the week, rest of the week, man? We got one more day. Growing and sewing, man. Growing and sewing. Got um, some projects you're working on? I do. I just got to pick and choose what, what I'm going to tackle, man. But, you sharing uh, or you just something last, you're doing? Well, actually, you know what? I, I, I'm a bit behind because remember this week I was supposed to have the uh, hand antiseptic mm-hmm. um, yeah. available. Yeah, I didn't get my uh, sanitizer stuff. But I uh, I need to get the labels, the proper labels for it. Okay. Get the proper lab- labels for the product so I can do a, a shoot and get it online. So, okay. Um, I, I wouldn't say tomorrow, but definitely by next week we'll have that because this is going to be something continuous that we're going to need, you know. Okay. So, okay. yeah, I'm working on that. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't see my new juice, you said, but, you know. And, and from a creative aspect, man, I'm, I'm uh, working with the company now, um, designing some masks. We've collaborated. Why so you say? Oh, really? Yeah, so, so next week. I'll, wait, I'll wait, wait, wait. No, no, we'll talk about all that later. And see, that's why I don't even say what I'm working on. <laughs> See, right, I'm, cool, give, right, I'm giving you a little right, insight on right, what's, okay. what's happening. All right, all right. So, um, yeah, got little, so you got a little collaboration going on. Got a little collaboration going on. Something I'm excited about. It's a product that I believe in, you know, so. Um, yeah. hmm. Okay. Oh, and, and one more thing, and since you want to put it on out there, um, this year <laughs> I'll be celebrating, or my house will be celebrating um, 15 years. In, um, wow. When you fashion. say your house, could you let them know what you're talking about? Oh, okay. Um in uh, 2005, uh, mm-hmm. I opened up my first brick-and-mortar studio here in Atlanta uh, okay. with Noir Soul Menswear, which is my first um, brand that I launched. And um, this year, we'll be celebrating 15 years of men's fashion and style. So working on some uh, something with that that we'll be releasing in September. So uh, September is the official you know month of that. And, and that's, really that's your house. That. That's what you call your house, right? Yeah, that's, that's a branch of it, yep. Oh, okay. Exactly. All right, all right. You got some big things going on. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm going to tell you all, when we leave out of here, Edmund and I, we just be, oh, we. Rolling to the next show. Yes. And when I say rolling to the next show, literally like continuously going project, project, project until the next. But it keeps us busy, keeps our mind occupied, keeps us focused. And um, yeah. Okay. All right. So what's going on in your world? Tell me about what, do we have a little oh, time? Man. Yeah, we, we, got a few, we got a few minutes. Then okay. we're going to do the opening of the show. All right. uh, so I got quite a few things going on. As you know, we got the, uh, so I guess we can go on and make that announcement. We have our new production studio opening up called OFH uh, Network. Wow. Where we have our own podcast radio studio that we have. Yeah. We're all excited about that. It's yes. really, really nice. Yes. Yeah, so we have a newsroom. We have a radio podcast studio. Okay. And we have a kitchen studio. Okay. And so that's going to be opening up uh, probably the following Monday. I was just complaining about the contractors doing their own thing when they want to. <laughs> so Well, we hope they're not listening now. I'm like, come on, y'all. <laughs> so we got that going on. The studio is really nice. It's all uh, in the historical black area of Auburn, uh, Auburn Avenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already got people that are, like, ready to join the network. So we have, it's called OFH. OFH Studios, uh, which is Old Fashioned Health Network Studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have so far probably about 10 podcasts, nine video production shows in there, 
and other new shows that are coming in and being written. Yeah. So Edmund is not, he's acting like I'm the only one know about this, but he has a show that he's written, that he, that's, he's in the works that he's going to produce there too, so you don't want to talk about that, huh? No, I don't want to put that out there just yet. Mm -hmm. You know we're working on it. We're always mm -hmm. working on it. You tell my stuff. You don't tell your stuff. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited about that as well, yeah. man. I just... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really yeah. excited about it. We, I, I visualize it as just bringing it to life. So, yeah, we, that's going to be some great entertainment and uh, information and, and style advice and everything else that we can fit in the studio to get out there to the people. Yeah, he, I mean, you know, you almost had to open up the station by yourself today because there was so much traffic out there. I'm like, what is going yeah, on? It's crazy. They still building streets. On, they, we got new streets and everything yeah, in the midst man. of the corona. Oh, one other thing. And then we go to our break and we'll come back. Okay. So, Y'all saw that the Atlanta yesterday announced that the Atlanta police decided that they were not going to come to work yesterday. Yeah, I heard it's like, uh, I think I texted, what is that? <laughs> what <in the> world? <laughs> that? That was not your boy over here. That was a little light sneeze. What was that? <laughs> a little light sneeze, you know, just nothing, nothing major. <laughs> he all crammed up in the corner like I really did something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, I, I heard something about like seventy percent of the force supposedly you can't sneeze was going to walk him, out. Uh, yeah, they walked out, said they won't come to work. I'm like, do you know what would happen? So, so you know, I kind of let them have it, right? Did you? I, oh, yes. What'd you say? T t so I told them, I said, listen, y'all, Atlanta police. I know they was a little pissed off about whatever went wrong, how what they felt went wrong. But how are you gonna put your own brothers? in the line of duty, in trouble, because you decide not to come to work. And suppose they need some backup. They need some help. You mad, and so now you, you're going to go out there and be pissed off, and they're not going to come to work. But you didn't see you say you're doing it for the brotherhood. But you're leaving your brothers wide open to get hurt mm. because you're not there to support them. You can be angry, but don't take it out on your own family. What, who does that? Yeah. You know, so anyway. But all right, y'all, so we're going to get this party started real quickly. Come back when we uh, get back. We're going to have Dr. Alexander on talking about uh, the coronavirus and all those wonderful things he likes to talk about and the whole left-right thing. And, you know, we got that, you know, they got that little thing going on next that we got to do our little, our quiz. Okay. Yeah. All right, right y'all, this is Alvin. And Edmund. On the Old Fashioned Health Show on The Real 1100.
Rejuvenation for youthfulness and beauty is trending worldwide. People are getting laser hair removal, Botox, dermal fillers, skin brightening, tightening, lifting, and reshaping. SmartPlex ATL, a comprehensive medical spa, located in East Cobb, 4799 Old Town Parkway. You can also visit us online at SmartPlexATL.com. Dr. Alexander and his team enjoy pampering you while you receive customized treatments in a beautiful, calming, zen-like atmosphere. SmartPlex ATL, we are your Hollywood destination for exciting, youthful rejuvenation. All right, y'all. How y'all doing? We're back here with the Old Fashioned Health Show. Good health inside and out. Doc, you on the line? Oh, look out, look out. I'm here. How you doing, man? You guys a little early, but that's great. I like that. I like punctuality. Yeah, you know, we was trying not to uh, hold you hold hold you on the line too long. We was looking at the clock, and then you know, uh, Smartplex had to get that commentation in there. Had to get had to get that commercial in. You know, we didn't want our uh, our uh, sponsor to be mad with us because we didn't run this commercial. You know how those people are. <laughs> well, you know what? I appreciate that. We are in full blast right now, uh, but we are practicing, you know, safe. Um, treatments and, and having people come in we don't even have like a waiting room anymore i mean it's still there physically but mm. we don't have people waiting in the waiting room because this thing is serious out here it's serious and and yet have you noticed how many people are just uh, acting like you know we're back to normal they are doc they're acting like ain't nothing going on they just they just I, I was at a store today and i was like these people are not wearing masks they're walking around I'm, I'm looking at them in restaurants and yeah it's it's not looking it's not looking good no, it's, 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 it's kind of a shame, you know. Um, and, and so that's why I wanted to talk about it again this week, you know, the trends, because, um, you know, we, I wanted to keep going with some of the topics that we were talking about. Mm. But when I saw what was happening over the last seven days, it really started to worry me, especially since so many African-Americans have been dying from this thing. Now, I can tell you, no one's talking about African-Americans anymore. I think this thing is starting to hit the general population. Um, but we don't know. They're not saying what the numbers are, but um, I, I have a feeling that it's no longer a majority-minority issue anymore. And mm. so now people are taking it seriously, and, and, and they're talking about wearing masks and all those kinds of things. You know, But we can't get into that discussion just yet because, you know, we got to play our game. That's right. All right, let's do it. What's up, Doc? <laughs> so we're going to keep it or lose it. Now, this one... This is kind of a trick, and really it's, it's more for information um, because I know what your answer is going to be. But uh, there is a route that a lot of people have been using uh, for multiple purposes in order to improve their health. And I'm trying to figure out whether you guys think it's something that we should, we should use it or whether we should lose it, okay? Um, we're not going to talk about organic versus non-organic. We're just going to talk about this particular route in, in general because so many people are using it. Mm -hmm. And it is, some people call it turmeric. I call it turmeric. Okay. Um, so we're going we're gonna to call it turmeric, and we're not talking about the powder. Let's talk about the root itself. Okay. Uh, well, let's talk about the powder, too. 
All right. Okay. Um, should you should you lose it or or keep it? Keep it. Use it. I said keep okay. it also. Uh, and I had experience with it too before, Doc. I know what it'll do to you. Uh oh, not so good. So, Doc, my experience with it that it, it dropped my blood sugar level easily. If I take it, like if I use turmeric, I used to put it on uh, different foods I would eat it. And if I ate it late, like when I say late after five o'clock, then later on, my blood sugar level, I could tell it would change. It would drop and I'd have to drink some juice or something. Wow. And so that's 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 interesting. And you bring up a great point that when people are taking these herbs, you need to think of them. Even though it is a root, and it is, it's also a flavoring in a lot of uh, cultures, especially Indian culture. Um, so they use it just like we use garlic, all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that you have to be careful that these things do have a medicinal-like purpose or effect on the body. And I'll say medicinal-like because the pharmaceutical companies do not like me talking about anything except something that's FDA-approved mm-hmm. as being medicinal uh, or a cure. So what we're going to talk about, we're going to, when we talk about these things, we're going to talk about remedies. Okay. okay. <laughs> you know, okay. you, you saw it, it did, it had that effect on you. And so these things can have that kind of effect. What people mostly use it for is an anti-inflammatory medication. Okay. Uh, but if you're going to get the most out of it, people, you have to take it with one or two things. Either you have to have black pepper in it, Okay, um, or a pepper-like substance it has to be in it to increase the absorption of it. The active ingredient in that is called bioprene. So some of the manufactured products, you won't see black pepper or red pepper on the label. What you'll see is bioprene, B-I-O-P-R-E-N-E. So bioprene will also enhance the absorption of turmeric. The other thing that I like to do, and I put this in my smoothies because I actually juice the root itself in my smoothies or in my uh, my morning juice when I have um, vegetable juice, and what I will put in there is a little bit either MCT oil, black seed oil, or olive oil. Any one of those oils will increase the absorption of turmeric. If you take turmeric by itself, you're probably not getting effects of it. Mm. Okay. Yeah, you have to get it absorbed, and it needs that in order to get absorbed in the in the human body. It needs a, something to help carry it in. Okay. Okay. Wow. All right. Let's, let's let's talk about COVID here and what's going on. Yes. Um, everybody, let's take this seriously. You know, on Monday, we had 114,000 deaths listed in the United States. As of this morning, it was 117. Um, 2.1 million of people have been affected by this virus. So it says that the numbers are going up. Now, our president, uh, it was either last night or early this morning, said that the numbers are going down. There are a couple of states where that is actually going, is occurring, mm-hmm. but states where this thing is starting to rise, it is a serious rise. Um, I would not call this a second phase, though you will hear a lot of people calling it that. This is an extension of the first phase and a mismanagement of the first phase is what it is. Uh, It's bad information that's been given to people. It is politicians who have been making the decision about how um, our bodies are supposed to react to a deadly virus that is out here. And so now we have uh, a politician's disaster. Uh, The states that opened up quickly, such as uh, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Georgia, and Florida, they are seeing rises that they have never seen before. Georgia is not 
as bad, but it's going up pretty quickly. We have 10 states now. In the last seven days, they've seen anywhere from a 50% to a 150% rise in cases. Um, Arizona is in a mess because uh, the governor has kind of checked out. The, all of the mayors are trying to get some support to at least say, look, this thing is so bad, we need it. It's so bad they're saying that we need mandatory use of masks, that everybody must wear them. That's how bad it is. Now, you know, of course, they are a Republican governor there. Uh, Trump made a, uh, a visit there last week, and after he made the visit, the mayors of the towns are saying that they no longer have access to the governor, and the governor was very accessible until this meeting. Uh, this was on NPR yesterday, and they were saying that uh, they, they can't even reach the man. So he has mandated that it's not uh, necessary for everybody to wear a mask, and they're saying, look, we need some help because the numbers are going up so high that the emergency rooms now are getting inundated, and they're needing to, to actually build some of these makeshift uh, emergency rooms to deal with the numbers. So uh, Florida now, too, is being touted as maybe having the new epicenter of the United States because, you know, they were one of the first ones to open up. So uh, the actual center right now where the most cases are is down near Miami. Dade County uh, is really taking off. So uh, the number of cases uh, has been 2,300 in the last week. So I say all this to tell people that this thing is not going away. And though you don't see the cases, uh, it's still happening. Now, why don't we see the cases? Let's, let's just do a little yeah, math. Here. Yeah, why don't we see the cases? That's what I want to know. Okay, so how many people are in the United States? What, 300,000? I mean, 300 million, yeah. 350 million people? Okay, so if you look and you say, well, there's been um, 2 million cases, but there's 350 million people in the United States. If you start diluting that across the U.S., there's not that many people when you say, you know, one out of how many is going to, to, to get this. So there's going to be some folks that never met anybody that got the disease. It doesn't mean that we don't have an epidemic. Right. And it's concentrated, what, around the hospital. So though you may not see the individual cases next to you, when they start coming in to the medical centers, this is where you now are inundated with cases and the, the medical personnel can't deal with the other emergencies because they're dealing with COVID. Mm-hmm. That's what makes this so serious is that if you get a heart attack and you got 10 beds and nine of them are filled with COVID patients and one is somebody who cut their, their hand open on a, on a chainsaw, you come in and you're having a heart attack, you're in the hallway. Wow. And people are dying so, uh, as a result of of, of uh, the, Im- the impact that COVID is having. Right. It's, 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 the, it's the impact it's having on the healthcare system. You also don't have enough healthcare workers to, round, to work round the clock. You know, normally in the emergency room, in the middle of the night, an emergency room may have, they might have 20 beds, they may have three or four, maybe five of them filled. Okay, mm-hmm. so you, you have a, a you know staff to be able to handle that. What's happening is that the, the emergency rooms are never getting a break. So where do you get this per, the personnel from to keep working? So now you have tired personnel, overworked personnel, mm-hmm. who are supposed to be making judgments when their when their minds are fresh. Mm. 
this is a problem. You know, so when everybody's walking around acting as if this is not an issue, those people who are walking around, you may be a carrier. And this is not just, don't listen to the news. Well, actually, the news is actually being pretty accurate on this, this issue. This is not just because they're testing more. These are actual cases that are showing up sick in the ER. These are not people who are saying, look, I'm coming to get tested at the ER. These are people who a week ago got tested, went home, said, you know what, I'm doing okay. And a week later, they're, they're so sick they wind up in emergency rooms. This is what they're seeing now. People who thought they were just moderately ill, that they would get over this, and now can't breathe, having lung disease, and this thing is devastating, people. It is devastating. It is destroying lungs of young people. A woman, she was, I think she was 27. She was the first COVID lung transplant. She did not have the, the, the problems that we have identified as being at most risk mm. for getting COVID. So what is that? If you have heart disease, if you have diabetes, no, if you have hypertension, interesting, interesting, hypertension, diabetes, heart disease. And I'll tell you why I think that is the problem. Okay. Now, the things that we thought were going to be the big problems is like people who have chronic lung disease, COPD, people who have asthma, people who have smoke. They don't seem to be as at much of risk than those people with heart disease and, and high blood pressure. Now, here's Dr. Alexander's take. Uh, you know, the research is still out there. Everybody's trying to figure it out. They have done some research over in Europe. Mm-hmm. And what they found is that this particular virus attaches to a specific site on the cells. It has a place that it will lock into. We call that an ACE2 receptor, okay? It's just a name, but it's a location, Okay. okay? Uh, so that's the location. Now, when you take non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, in that group you find ibuprofen, Aleve, uh, Diclofenac, um, uh, Motrin, uh, Naproxen, Naproxen. Those are all non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Apparently, those drugs make those receptors more available. Now, we don't know if it makes the, the cells manufacture more receptors or if it unlocks more receptors for the virus to be able to lock into. And then when the virus gets in there, it uses our machinery to make more viruses. Mm. So the key would be if we could some kind of way stop those receptors from being open so the virus could, could, could get in there and lock in. The way that we are doing it now is we can boost the immune system by giving people high-dose intravenous IV vitamin C. It helps to boost the immune system so the body can fight better. We also use zinc and we use selenium. But the one thing that we can do in the office is high-dose vitamin C. It does help boost the immune system. It is not a cure, but it's a booster. And it keeps the virus from being able to replicate as much. Now, when you have these other diseases, we don't know why. But here's with blood pressure. A lot of the blood pressures are uh, blood, people who have high blood pressure and people who have diabetes are treated with these things called ACE inhibitors. Okay. And they actually work on the ACE2 receptors. Okay. Now, the diabetics get it because it helps to protect that particular group of medicines, help to protect the kidneys. And so when I was doing a lot of family practice work, I used to give that 
every day, the diabetics, even if they didn't have high blood pressure because it protected the kidneys. And one of the things, especially in African Americans, that we wanted to do was prevent them from getting into dialysis. And who's in dialysis centers? Black people who have high blood pressure and have diabetes. They go into renal failure. All right, so we gave them something to protect the kidneys. Now I'm telling everybody, get off of that drug (laughs) Because, because it may be promoting the virus. But don't just stop it. You have to get an alternative. You've got to go to your doctor and say, look, is there an alternative that I can get on so I'm not more at risk? There are papers out there saying that, that this may be, I can't say 100%, but this may be part of the problem. So that's what we need to do is, one, we need to start boosting our immune system, get the high-dose vitamin C, get on some zinc, not a lot, but just a little bit every day, 50 milligrams once a day, start taking that. Use your PPE, folks. Do what you, you, you were told in the beginning. Social distance. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. You know, sensible kinds of things. But that's what we need to do. Wow. Doc, oh, man, I'm so glad you shared this. Yeah, man. Because a lot of people have gotten so comfortable with this coronavirus, they think it's over. I mean, yeah. the restaurants are open. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think that's a large part of it. You know, people... You know, just just ready to get out. They said the world is back open now. The sun is out. The weather's good. And people just out and about and just, ah, man. Well, you know, what's confusing to me is that we've, a lot of people understand that the administration that's running the White House right now has not been truthful about a lot of things. Okay. And yet when it came to that, they want to believe them. So wait a minute, we didn't believe about anything else. Pick and choose. And and, and then now we want to believe in that because it's convenient. Mm -hmm. Let's not be convenient. Mm -hmm. Let's let's be sensible. Let's use some common sense. Everybody use your brain. This thing is out here. Many of you are carriers. You don't know it. Use your brain. Wow. Doc, thank you so much. We appreciate you sharing that and looking forward to the next time. Yes, sir. Already, let's do it again. Hey, and fellas, congratulations on your on your companies, Alvin. Look, <laughs> OFH Studios, <laughs> brother, brother, you are you are you are you are just burning the city up here, man. We can't wait till this thing opens. We're gonna be there. We, you know, tell us when the grand opening will be there, so all of your your listeners and I can bring all my people yes. because this is a fantastic thing that you're doing. Congratulations. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, Edmund, and your Thank business. You. Thank you. Keep doing what you do. All right. All right you too, brother. Thank Take you. Care. Be All safe. Right. All right. Take care. All right. All right, y'all. Y'all heard what he's talking about, the social distancing and the coronavirus thing. is serious. serious. It's still out there, y'all. All right, Doc. You up next. Dr. Hines, you there? Dr. Hines? Yes, yes. Hello. Well, welcome hello. back home. How you doing, young lady? Oh, hello. I'm good. How's everybody doing this week? Doing Absolutely well. wonderful. How about you? I can't complain. So... I know. I know. One of the topics we're supposed to talk about is racism and in, uh, in the versus the medical assistance. But if there's is there if there's something else you'd like to also talk about, please do because we know this coronavirus thing, as Dr. Alexander was just saying, is not over yet. So, right. with that being said, you have the floor. Tell us what you want to talk about today. Well, thank you. Well, you know, as, as we were talking, I, I asked you because I was kind of running out of things uh, to say. I guess. And so I asked you what you would want to, to mm-hmm. hear about, and, and that's what sparked this uh, topic about racial bias in healthcare. Right. Um, this is something that is or has been a long-standing problem, um, and has been highlighted by some celebrities. Uh, most recent, the most recent example that comes to mind is Serena Williams, 
when she was talking about how uh, she was having distress after the birth of her child and felt that no one was listening to her. And it turns out that she had uh, a pulmonary embolism, um, mm. which could have been fatal for her. Um, and, you know, there are tons of examples of, of that happening, particularly to black women, um, that they are not being heard and those expressions are not being act up, acted upon with the the appropriate um, response and the appropriate um, quickness, if you will. Mm. So, you know, just to kind of recount um, one of our old talks that we had about disparities in health care. So, okay. of course, there are the big three. Um, there's access to care. Uh, there is uh, quality of the care received. And then, of course, there are differences in the health outcomes um, because of these these biases that are that are in place. Um, there are barriers also um, to that. There is miseducation about health and health care. Mm -hmm. um, there is a mistrust of the system and those in it. Um, of course, we can talk about the Tuskegee experiment, which once that came to light has resulted in generations of mistrust yes. um, of the medical system. Um, and then there's in general a lack of empowerment. Um, a lot of the times there is still a very um, patriarchal type relationship between a doctor and a patient mm -hmm. where some patients that I find, particularly my elder patients, don't feel that they have the right to question what the doctor says to right. them because they're the doctor. Um, so they don't ask questions, even they, though they may not understand. Right. They don't say a word. They don't they, because they don't feel like they have the right to ask those questions. And it's not an issue, um, at least from where I sit and looking at it, it's not an issue of challenging someone's medical knowledge but just wanting to gain a better understanding of what is going on with that individual um and so everyone has the right to, to have that and the right to, to ask those questions mm. so going back to uh 2015 there was a study published in the american journal of public health um, which had the conclusion that most not all most healthcare workers have a bias of some sort Mm -hmm. um, what they found in that study that there was a positive attitude in general towards whites and a negative attitude in general towards blacks and other peoples of color. Mm. Um, what we know is that that bias is implicit and it, and it exists outside of a consciousness. So there are things that people are doing that they don't really recognize that they're doing as bias. Mm. Uh, so, for example, there is a myth. Um, and, and some doctors unfortunately believe this, that um, there are differences in pain tolerance between the races. Mm. So a black person, for example, may be able to stand more pain compared to a white person. Right. And how that manifests itself in the emergency room, in outpatient clinical setting, is that with the same complaint of pain, the response will be different. The concern will be different. The medication will be different. 
Um, now, of course, you can take into account allergies and tolerances and that kind of thing. If you've previously been on a medication, you, know, you may not respond as well to it compared to someone who has never had it. Right. Um, but just in general, you know, people think that black folks don't hurt. Hmm. And that is totally not true. You know, right. I, I am. And, and then there's another one where they think that there's a difference in the skin thickness between black people and white people. Really? Which is, to, which is totally not true. Allegedly, or according to what these people believe, um, black people have thicker skin. And, and no, it's the same skin. It's just a different color on the outside. <laughs> That's it. Wow. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, the thing that I find as, as a curiosity is that, um, you know, I don't know where these, where these thoughts come from. And, you know, once my show starts, you know, I'm definitely going to take a deeper dive into looking into that and researching that. Mm -hmm. So that way we can try and combat that and change some of these attitudes. You know, doc, um, I had, yeah. I had uh, there's a doctor. Her name is Dr. Magruder, McGrew, Dr. McGrew. And she did an in-depth study. You know, the forceps that they use on a woman, uh, I guess, in Obo. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. The guy that created those is and the, how those were developed, and how those were yeah. developed was was uh, a gauge, I guess, on on pain where the women can stand more pain than others, and how they used to take the little chisel thing and and put it in baby's head, thinking they can stand more pain. And so she did a whole study on that, and this man got awards for creating this whole septical thing that actually was used, uh, created using against black women and caused them, them more pain than it did. Yeah. And he received an award for that. Oh, yeah, he get a lot of credit for it. For the development of the device. If you read that history, it is horrendous. The things that he used, the experimental methods that he used mm -hmm. um, in developing this device. Um, and, of course, this was developed. He used his test subjects were slaves. Mm -hmm. So, of course, there are problems with that already because, number one, they had no right to refuse. Right. They weren't told what was going to be, what was going to happen to them. Yep. You know, so that is just problematic right at the outset. Mm -hmm. and, um, then, and then, and then, of course, because she, these women were slaves, they were not perceived as human to begin with. So it really didn't matter what happened to them. Right. You know. And, and you know, I guess that's another form of systemic racism. Most certainly. Wow. Most certainly. Because in order for you to do things, to commit acts against a people, if you don't see them as human beings to begin with, it makes it a whole lot easier to do whatever it is that you intend to do. Mm -hmm. You're right. You and, know? And that's sad, um, too, Doc. Oh, that's sad. I hate hearing that. I, I, I knew you would know a little bit more about it, but... I just want you to share with the listeners to let them know that this is real. That they treated African Americans and still uh, in the medical industry. I think in the medical field, they still think that African Americans can tolerate more pain than, than others. Don't they still think that? There, that is a school of thought, um, which you know, again, it is not true. Um, the experience of pain is most certainly um, an individualized one. Mm -hmm. um, between races, between sexes, you will have people who have different levels of pain tolerance. It's very, very individualized um, and not along 
racial or ethnic lines and not even really along gender lines. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've seen some men who, you know, you, you stick them with something and they're passing out. And then I've seen some women come in with things and they're like, yeah, you know, it doesn't really hurt. And mm -hmm. I'm always amazed at the, the broad differences that I see in the experience of pain. Wow. Which brings me to um, issues around pain, and that is where where I think we see um, quite a bit more of bias compared to um, to other things. Um, that there is, unfortunately. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No problem. We just had an interference with some sound. Go ahead. That's quite all right. Um, you know that there is a perception of uh, someone faking to get pain meds. Okay, okay. And, you know, that, that has a multi-layered, um, that is a multi-faceted problematic issue because it is true. There are people who come to emergency rooms and they're faking to get pain meds and they want to take those pain meds and divert them. Some, sometimes they're using them to get high themselves or they're diverting them by selling them um, or taking them and mixing them with other drugs. You know, so that, that in and of itself is a real issue. Mm -hmm. um, and what we do see is that people with chronic pain illnesses, uh, for example, sickle cell anemia, um, those patients have frequent pain crises. And they, re you know, and as a result, they're in the emergency room quite frequently. Um, and so that, that reputation kind of happens that, you know, are they really... Are they really faking it? Are they really having pain? And that leads to different pathways in terms of how that pain is addressed. Question for you. How would you yeah. differentiate, like, in regards to the pain? Like, if someone is telling you, I guess there's a number count. They say, well, what is your pain from 1 to 10? And they're telling you a 7 or 8. And how would you say, well, no, it's actually a 2? Like, is there some type of method? Or you basically have to go off of whatever the patient is telling you what type of pain that they're in? So pain scales, in, in my opinion, and I know they, they were developed when I was um, early in my training, that we really adopted that pain scale as a way of measuring. And, you know, everyone will come in and say their pain is a 10. Really? <laughs> Even though, you know, oh, yeah, they allow, or, or, or they say, you know, oh, my pain is a 12 out of 10. But they look very, very calm. They look very, very comfortable. Um, and I think with time and experience as a provider, you know, when someone comes in and they tell me that their pain is a 10 and they're balled up crying or they can very barely breathe, they can't stand up or straighten themselves out, you know, there are things that you can recognize as someone who is having pain. There are also vital signs that we can look at. You know, someone who is having pain um, sometimes will have an elevated heart rate. So in other words, um, you can tell when somebody's lying. Because there's a component of anxiety that goes along with pain as well. But, of course, even with that, I, I guess, you know, um, experiencing, like I have a client of mine who she actually has recovered from, from COVID. During that mm -hmm. time of speaking with her on the phone daily and checking in on her, had I really not asked her what type of pain she was in, I would never know. Like the conversation, the way, like right now, the way you and I are conversing, you know, mm -hmm. and then when I say, well, how are you feeling? Because you sound good. I'm in so much pain. You just don't know. And I'm like, no, I don't know. And if you hadn't told me, I wouldn't know because your spirit is so high. So I guess 
how do you take into account there are those that can maintain and hold that pain, you know, and not necessarily give such a dramatic falling all over the floor and holding their stomach. You know, they just kind of deal with it and cope with it, but in actuality are in serious pain. So, you know, a lot of that depends, and, and again, it's a very individualized thing, and it, it's helpful to actually lay eyes on the person and see them. Okay. Um, you know, and that's kind of it's kind of hard to to describe um you know one you know i always try to believe my patient that they're having pain right um that's the first thing and then we start looking for the sources of that pain um now of course intuitively like i, I give the example of the sickle cell patient if you have sickle cell anemia i know that you know pain crises will happen from time to time and they are very very painful that's that's a no no brainer mm -hmm. you know and so you just kind of have to accept that and you know these patients especially as they're older have been on so much pain medication that it does sometimes take higher and higher and higher doses to control that pain mm -hmm. and some mm -hmm. providers are not comfortable with that because they don't want to be labeled as being the candy man mm -hmm. who just <laughs> gives out large doses of pain medicine because you can get a reputation for that in your community <laughs> and that's that's not good for the provider right. and then also some providers have concern with regulatory issues because i promise you not one physician that you will ever meet ever wants to have a problem with the dea mm -hmm. not ever that is not that is not the trouble that you want in life so you know those kinds of things can prevent us from adequately treating pain as well because mm. you don't want that stigmatism or the label to come with you being the candy candy person. Oh, yeah. Wow. So you'll have, you know, chronic pain patients that'll come to the emergency room asking for the doctor by name. <laughs> wow. Because they know they're going to get some yeah. pain medicine. <laughs> yeah. No, well, yeah, that's that. I'm sorry, Greg. And um, so, you know, when we talk about bias, bias also goes both ways. So there's bias against patients that enter the healthcare center mm -hmm. system, excuse me. But then there's also bias against providers, particularly for providers of color. Mm. Um, so, you know, I cannot tell you if I had a nickel for every time I walk into a room and I introduce myself as Dr. Hines, but then I am mistaking for being uh, the housekeeper or the cafeteria worker or, you know, anything other than what I have told you I am. Wait a minute, wait, wait. Let me get this right now. So when you, you should walk, have seen his face, but go, continue. <laughs> so you saying when you walk so into... I'll, I'll tell you. I walk into a room, okay. and my opening line always is, hello, I'm Dr. Hines. How can I help you today? And people will tell me, well, you know, I, I need my trash emptied. Or here, you can. I'm done with my tray. You can take it. I just... <laughs> real quick, just let me just interrupt <laughs> one second. And what... Is your response or your facial expressions yeah. at that point in time? If you could well, just Well, I usually let them there. know that someone, I, I'll let someone know and they will handle that. Um, <laughs> but I'm Dr. Hines. How can I help you today? Okay. Wow. Wow. Um, you know, and then if you're young, people think that you're inexperienced. Hmm. And so, you know, there is that bias that comes. And if you're a woman, you're not as good as a man. So imagine being a young black woman physician in this system. And, and you get this not just from majority patients, you get it from patients of color as well. 
Wow. All the way so around. that that kind of becomes it, it becomes tough. So, because mm. I know we're we're running out of time. So yeah. here is how I tell people they can advocate for themselves or for their loved ones um, as they enter into the healthcare system. Okay. Um, so for number one, be clear about your goals. So for example, you could say, "I want to know why I've been coughing for months." Okay. or whatever your problem may be, versus saying, I want you to do your blankety-blank job and figure out what's wrong with me. Okay. Okay. Because when you tell me, when you are very clear and very direct as to what your goals are and what your problems are, then I can be very direct in having, you know, conversations with you, and I know that you are tuned in to what's going on mm-hmm. with you. Um, you can be, number two, I want you to be persistent and patient which can be difficult sometimes, especially in an emergency situation because, you know, anxiety is there, fear is there. And so, you know, that that can kind of skew things. Mm. Um, You know, I tell people that, you know, in the emergency room, most of the time I meet people on one of the worst days of their life. And I always try to be cognizant of that. At the same time, there are limits, being honest. So an example of being persistent and patient Um, is saying, you know, if you're letting us know that, you know, my loved one or I I am still experiencing chest pain, for example, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that is something that most certainly is going to get our attention and most certainly is going to uh, direct an action as opposed to someone coming out and saying, you know, I'm tired of waiting. Two different, you know, two different types of responses there. Um, it is the next thing is to understand that you're not the only one having an experience in the emergency room at that time. Um, mm. You know, I would like to just do one at a time care, right. but a lot of the times when I'm in the emergency room, I'm the only doctor, and there can be as many as 20 patients at one time. Wow. So I can't be in 20 places all at the same time. So, you know, I have to prioritize based upon who I think is more sick versus less sick and act accordingly. And so, you know, being patient uh, in that process is most certainly helpful. Um, You know, I had an experience once where I had a man who was very unsympathetic to the fact that um, in our trauma room, we had a bunch of teenagers who had been in a car accident. Um, You know, one of them had died. A few of them were very severely injured. And so, of course, that takes up every that takes up all of the resources in the emergency room when you have a trauma that comes in. Um, And so, you know, we're explaining this to him and and he just looked at me point blank and he was like, you know, I don't care. What has that got to do with me? Mm. You know, so that that's a lot. Um, And your language and tone um, are key. Okay. Um, there's a difference between being persistent versus being demanding. And I am not suggesting that anyone comes in and has to kiss up to get care. That, right. That's not appropriate. Um, you, if you present to the emergency room for care, you deserve to get the best care that you can possibly get at that facility, irrespective of your race, gender, socioeconomic status. Um, but, you know, there have been times where, you know, people have used foul language, um, people have made threats, uh, you know, those kinds of things happen and, and those kinds of things make 
a different environment and make a different experience for you. Um, so, for example, you know, we know that um, hospitals and emergency rooms right now are very sensitive to potential and actual acts of violence. And so, you know, once you start raising your voice, once you start using foul language, once you start making threats, that changes the trajectory of your visit. Mm-hmm. Other people are going to be involved, and by other people, I mean security and or the police. Wow. So, because we can't take a chance with being hurt. You know, no. I don't know if you're just hyped up because you are, you know, excited about what's going on with you right. or if you really will hurt me. And I'm not going to take the chance to try and figure that out. Exactly. Well, Doc, I tell you, you, know? you, you have given us some key pointers uh, about this whole thing about race, the pain, uh, being your own advocate. Really appreciate all this information you have shared. I'm, we just been sitting on the edge of our seat trying to jot stuff down <laughs> and think about it like, wow. Sorry if you have to go through all this as an, an, an African-American female doctor. We know you're a great doctor, so just keep being great. Don't worry about that. Well, even all of the things that we go through, it is still worthwhile when we make a difference in the life of someone. So, you know, you kind of got to take the good with the bad and roll with it. Let's make it. Let's but, make it awesome, God. I know, right? Thank you for your time, and we'll talk next week. Doc, thank, thank you. you so much. Be safe out there. Thanks, Doc. All, all right. right now. Bye. Be safe. Bye-bye. Be blessed. Man, that was kind of deep. Could you imagine being a doctor? You go in and they said, could you empty my, um, could you take my tray to the cafeteria? And you don't want trying to say they lie. Yeah. So we got Dr. We, look, we're going to let Dr. Um, <coughs> Dr. Sewell come in and uh, <laughs> speak on that. Yeah. Doc, oh. <laughs> you there? I, I am, but I couldn't, um, I, could, I couldn't hear it. Um, anything. Yeah. You know, we, I, I just, I understand that. Uh, no, I understand that the towers, I think we have some problem with the towers uh, are down. But she was talking about racism uh, as it as it pertains to uh, versus medical assistance and stuff. And she mm-hmm. told us a story about how when she comes in the room, she said, "Hi, I'm Dr. Hines. I might help you." And then a patient would say, "Could you take my cup, my trash? Could you take my uh, tray table mm-hmm. out?" And she's like, mm-hmm. "I'm your doctor." You know what I'm saying? It's like she just she just explained us how it happened. She talked about how. Uh, being your own advocate, um, letting people know who you are, what it is, you, you know, what you're dealing with. She talked about the pain, uh, the whole thing about pain, black people being able to tolerate more pain than others. It, it was it was quite interesting. So, yeah. Uh-huh. But anyway, thank you so much for calling. And you're going to talk to us about recognizing. Well, I'm going to let you tell them what you're talking about today. I'm going to talk about recognizing trauma. So before I, before I get started and get on a roll, do we need to go ahead and do the commercial? Or I'm not trying to run your show, but I'm just looking at the. Uh, uh, I think I think we go in at that commercial break in five minutes, right? Yeah, he said we got five minutes, okay. and then we can go into. <clears throat> okay, good deal. Okay. All right. So um, one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about being able to recognize trauma is because with everything that's going on um, today, I know I sound like an old person. But everything that's <laughs> going on in the world today, right? Um, it, it, you know, people are dealing with a lot of issues. You know, we have COVID um, and the social distancing, and how. That can play a part in a number of things. You know, we've talked about that for weeks, how, you know, you can experience a number of things that can be traumatizing. For instance, some of the people in New York who had to leave deceased relatives in their home until the coroner could come and pick them up like days later. Um, You know, just all types of trauma. And then we're dealing with a lot of issues with the um, protests. Um, We are constantly being bombarded with, with images. 
um, with social media. Uh, some of it we need to really d turn off. Um, yes, yes, Lord. We are we are constantly um, being bombarded with images of, of some people rioting, um, not protesting, but but rioting. We are being just bombarded with a, a number of things. People who are unemployed and they may be dealing with some personal issues on top of all of these other things. Mm -hmm. So I think it is very important that we recognize trauma and particularly I'm not going to focus a lot on the African-American community because I could focus on that all day. But particularly with the African-American community, I will say it's very important that we recognize trauma because a lot of times we don't even recognize mental health issues. Mm -hmm. So And so what we do is we go through life literally thinking we're okay and we're really not. And so it's manifested in other types of behavior. So one of the things I want to do is talk about what I'm looking at when I talk about emotional and psychological trauma. I'm, you know, I know I have a brief period of time, so we're, I'm just going to give you a definition of what I'm talking about with that. Hmm. I'm going to talk about some signs and symptoms or some, some symptoms uh, maybe that you, so to help you possibly, re to help you recognize that, yes, I possibly am dealing with trauma. And, and then I'm going to talk about some ways that you, you, you know, you can kind of, I'm not going to say alleviate trauma, but it can help. Uh, reduce the feelings that you're having. Okay. So <clears throat> when I looked at um, helpguide.org, they're defining, because right now I'm not talking about physical trauma, I want to talk about emotional and psychological trauma. Okay. Um, they're defining emotional and psychological trauma as the result of extraordinarily stressful events that shatter your sense of security, making you feel helpless in a dangerous situation or in a dangerous world. And then it goes on to say that traumatic experiences often involve a threat of a threat to life or safety. But any situation that leaves you feeling overwhelmed and isolated and can result in trauma, even if it does not involve physical harm. So I feel like a lot of us are dealing with that right now. There are some people who are just getting hit with these images. There are certain people there. There are some people not certain, but some people who are just really recognizing the level of racism and hatred okay. yeah. that some others have. And it's shocking to their system. It is very shocking, particularly when you start dealing with young people. It's very shocking to yeah. them. Yeah. And, and so here's the thing. Trauma can be a single event or it can be an ongoing, relentless stress. Now, if I'm a person who's dealing with any type of ism on a regular, what I call an ism, so racism, sexism, you know, it could be yeah. ageism, but if I'm dealing with any type of ism on a regular basis, believe it or not, that could be, that could be my stressor and I don't even know it's stress. Because here's the thing, you get so acclimated to dealing with it, that to you is not a stressor. Mm -hmm. To you it is not a stressor. I didn't hear what Dr. Hines was saying, and, and I, of course, I always say I'm not a medical doctor, but yes, I have absolutely walked into a room more, more than once, more than once walked into a room, and if I walk into a room with a counterpart who is not black or African American, they will, they will tend to listen to the other person before they listen to me. Really? Before it is said, that's my supervisor right there. They say, I have to ask Dr. Sewell that. Wow. So that's something that you deal with on a regular basis. Before I get into, and, and it is, um, we're, at, we're at the top of the hour. When we yeah. come back, what I do want to talk about, is I want to talk about the symptoms really quickly, and I want to talk about um, how you can cope with some of those things. Okay. All right. Thanks, Doc. Okay.
1100. The opinions expressed during the sponsored programs on this station are strictly those of the program hosts, guests, and callers and are not necessarily those of Beasley Broadcast Group, this station, its staff, other advertisers, or agencies. All right, Doc. All right. So a person can be at increased risk for suffering trauma if they're already up under stress. And again, um, you, you can, I, I think logically all of us can see how that can happen. If I'm already up under stress and then another traumatic event hits, mm-hmm. then guess what? It, that increases my risk for that. It increases my risk for dealing with um, or, or for suffering from trauma if I've already had a series of losses or if I have a history of trauma. If I have a history, so if something happened to me as a child, and I kind of mentioned this last week, if something happens to me as a child and then I have another trauma hit, that that may basically re-traumatize me. Mm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So some of the symptoms of psychological and emotional trauma are some of the same symptoms you have when you're dealing with actual, actually when you're talking about depression and anxiety. So you're dealing with shock, denial, disbelief, anger, and also keep in mind shock, denial, disbelief those are also also uh pieces that fall into the grieving process Mm -hmm. and remember are you and i know um alvin you've heard me talk about this before the grieving process is always is not always a physical death right it is not always a physical death so shock denial disbelief anger confusion difficulty concentrating irritation agitation disruption in your sleep tendency to isolate disruption in your eating habits anxiety and that anxiety is a beast that anxiety can be a beast, so you might get nervous every time you go around a, uh, um, a certain and go into a certain area. As soon as you turn on TV, turn on the TV or listen to the radio, you start feeling a certain way because mm-hmm. you're expecting this negative news or these negative images right. to hit you. Um, or you're expected to be reminded that I had a relative. I, my mom passed away from COVID-19, and I couldn't even be there with her by her side. Because so all of those things can re-traumatize you suffer from fatigue um as as well and believe it or not it can it can hit you physically you know i always say that your health is holistic i look at it from a holistic perspective Mm. and when a person is up under stress or dealing with trauma you have all kind of aches and pains it can increase your blood pressure um it can it can definitely wreak havoc on your digestive system you know that brain gut connection that dr ellison and dr alexander like to talk about a lot that is that's real that is real so then it becomes how do i cope with this loss or this sense of safety in the grieving process before i get into that understand this if this goes untreated this can move into what they call post-traumatic stress disorder if this goes untreated it can also move into secondary traumatic stress secondary traumatic stress is when whatever the event is it didn't affect you or it didn't directly impact you, but you're constantly seeing it or listening to it or having to hear stories about it. So you can also be traumatized that way. It does not always have to directly impact you. Mm-hmm. So, um, of course, exercise, that's always, you know, that's always a recommendation right there. Yeah, exercise, right. Um, focus on your body and how it feels, uh, something called progressive muscle relaxation. So basically what you do is you kind of, um, and, and I'm not going to go into detail, but with PMR, you basically concentrate on various parts of your body. It almost falls into that piece with the mindfulness piece. Mr. Edmund probably knows 
mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because he got... talks a lot. Because I remember him talking about that. So, so do so do that. Reconnect with some. Reconnect with your support system. Yes. Now, here's the thing: if if the people in your support system, if they have on the news all the time and they're calling you, say, I can't believe this here or this is going to, you you might need to tell that him or her, I, I need for you to dial it back a little bit. Let's mm-hmm. let's let's focus on let's focus on something that we can do. Let's focus on something that's positive. Yeah, because some people can you know, get overconsumed into it. You know, right, right, absolutely, absolutely. Another thing you may want to do is go and volunteer. You know, give to other give to other people. And I say that to you. I say that all of the time. Like volunteering your time. It doesn't even have to be for a charity organization. It doesn't have to be anything like that. Go and take time and spend some time with somebody that's elderly in your family, somebody that's been locked in, somebody that needs that that time, or somebody that doesn't have anything. You know, um, a lot of what a lot of what I see people doing here is that um, we we have some, like daily we were getting text messages like you can go and get twenty pounds of produce over here. We have a thousand pounds of produce at these two uh, these two areas, these two churches. You can get twenty pound boxes. I have seen more people giving away that produce. And it was very interesting because my mother will be 76 next week. And she said, she said, why, why, does it, why do the neighbors keep knocking on my door trying to give me produce? She said, I just realized they think I'm old. So, but here's, here's the thing. <laughs> they think she's old. Okay. <laughs> right. Hey, you don't argue with it. You, <laughs> it's a state of mind. Don't do it. You're setting yourself up for something you ain't ready for. The point being is that, that they're actually trying to do something for other people. Like, hey, you might not be able to get out to go mm-hmm. and get the produce, so let me let, let me bring it to you. Until, you know what I mean? Because that, that helps people feel better. And, yeah. and it's, it's that positive. Yes. And it's that positive in the world. There are positive things that are going on. I'm definitely not saying don't protest. I'm not saying don't fight. For, don't peacefully protest. Don't fight for your rights. I'm not saying any of that. But it can be very, it can be very overwhelming. Yeah. It's what I it's, it's what I am saying. Um, also, you can journal, and this is something that, <clears throat> excuse me, I always say journal to kind of get your feelings out because a lot of times you really don't know how you're feeling until you start writing, right. and it's okay once all those things start coming out and say, oh wow, I didn't know I felt this way. Now what do I need to do to what do I need to do to kind of resolve this or to reduce my stress? You know, and again, turn to see, you don't have to look at TV 24-7. You don't have to look at those news alerts that read everything in those news alerts. I know. That, that come across there. You don't have to listen to radio stations that are constantly talking. And, and you should stay informed, but not constantly. These are my opinions, and this is this, and this. No, you don't need to do all of that. If all else fails, go to therapy. Go right. to therapy. Um, you, If you have a job. Um, if you're working, they should have an EAP, an Employee Assistance Program. You've heard me mention that before. Mm-hmm. Or you can go to psychologytoday.com and pull up, um, pull up, uh, put in your zip code, and you can pull up any therapist, almost any therapist that you want. It will have what they specialize in, whether or not they take your insurance. If you don't have insurance, if they do it on a sliding scale fee, it will have all of those things. What I'm saying is simply take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. I think it's very important that we do recognize these symptoms because, again, as a community of color, everybody should do this, but especially communities of color, we don't pay attention to this. We don't know when our something is wrong with our mental health because some of us have walked around angry for long periods of time and have no idea 
why or we're uh, we know why we're unable to verbalize it and then some of us don't recognize it because we may have had it in our family it might be uncle john or aunt or you know aunt joan or whomever and your family just told you just don't go back there and bother them mm-hmm. give them their plate don't talk to them close the door and move on about your business mm-hmm. and you had no idea that these people had mental health issues right it was not talked about is you you're like this is this is the norm right you know so so just be cognizant of of what is going on and please take care of yourself because it is these are it's, it's a lot of time this is an uncertain time right here mm-hmm. and and let's be real most of us don't do it with uh uncertainty and being uncomfortable right. that's a level of uncomfortable or change or change mm-hmm. for sure absolutely absolutely i agree well doc thank you so very much for being patient and waiting on us. dr hines was giving us such good information. Sorry we ran over into your time, but of course, you know, we oh, no, that's tried to make it up to you. And uh, we're sorry we're offline for some reason. Uh, the, the system is offline, so people are not a- actually able to hear, the, hear us today from iHeart and all other places. So. The phones okay. were like that the okay. other day. Not here yeah. in the station, but just like a few of the all cell right. phone towers yeah. were down. Yeah, there were some issues going on for wow. a couple hours. So, All right. Well, well, you, you're going to miss all the music madness that we got going on, unless it pops up while you are. Uh, what are you, what are you, what, what, what's, what's your vibe today? Usually you guys are playing like, you know, like you're in love and all that kind of stuff like that. Like y'all got, y'all play a lot of love songs like Isley Brothers and well, listen, normally on Fridays, I like to play the, the, the get it crunk type style element. Okay. Beat. But, to, <laughs> but you know what, Doc? Today today is one of those days. I know my selection, I don't. I can't speak for his, but my selection is more on the smoother element. It's just like a more relaxed vibe, just a little chill type of of, of music frequency going on. I don't know okay. what I don't know what he playing over there. But, uh, <laughs> you but know what? If you've listened to the last couple of shows, I've been actually amping it up a little bit, giving a little 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 bit right. more uh, hyper energy with it. But definitely if you tune in on Fridays, we really take it there. Well I understand I, I just got told that this that the uh iHeart is back working. Uh, okay. so you will be able to tune in and see what we what we what we're doing up in this joint. But my so, iHeart is not working, but go ahead. So. so so I'm going to say this for a hang up because this I'm not going to necessarily say play, but if either one of you get an opportunity, mm-hmm. um, I know um, Alvin, you listen to Young Blood on Saturday, like I yes. do. Mm-hmm. He plays a song. He plays a song by this guy uh, named Timmy Thomas, and the song is "Why Can't We Live Together," and it's it's a very smooth and it's very nice. So I'm not recommending you play it. I mean, it's no expletives or anything like that, and it. it's a smooth song. I just don't know what vibe you guys are going with today, but if you get an opportunity to listen to it on your own. What is it called? Timmy it Thomas by who? It's, it's by Timmy Thomas, and the, and the name of the song is Why Can't We Live Together. Okay. That sounds, that sounds good already. We haven't even heard it. But, Doc, while I got you online, real quick, <laughs> since we're talking about smooth sounds and old school and that whole nine, let me ask you a quick question. Do you watch yes. um, American Soul on BET? I Sometimes. I don't I don't have an opportunity to watch it all the time. I do sometimes. Okay, sure. when you get a chance to go back totally and kind of check it out, you know, on your own time, you can, um, you know, they, what is the situation where you can oh, pull it? Oh, uh, what are you talking about? Uh, when you can pull it up and watch it on your own time, not necessarily <laughs> okay. when it airs. But anyway, it's, it's really too. good. It's the story of Don you Cornelius. Old, you see how people get old and they get all fussy and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's really you. good. And the, and the season has started. Like a, it's kind of a semi-biopic semi, uh, semi of uh, Don Cornelius. Yes. Soul train, right? yes. Okay. yes, it okay. is. Check it out. Okay, will do. All will right. do. All right, gentlemen, thank you. As always, I had a great time on the show. Please listen to... Um, my go to my website www.meenterprises.net 
I have um, a show on there dealing with uh, conversations of the father. Like I said last week, conversations mm. of the father, responsibilities of the man. Okay. And I have a lot of my, uh, I have male friends who are basically just throughout the songs and they're just talking about how their father influenced them, what do they think their role is in their community, um, conversations they think should be had with their daughters, the most important conversation, and I think it would be really interesting. I think you guys will really enjoy it. Um, tomorrow we'll be putting up a, a podcast. It is, uh, it'll be on the homepage of Meditative Messages and Compelling Conversations, um, and it is dealing with Juneteenth. Tomorrow is Juneteenth. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, tomorrow is Juneteenth. Mr. Deshaun Smith, my engineer, you know, we had a conversation, different generations in terms of how we feel about certain things that are going on. I think you guys will find it interesting. It's called uh, Paradigms, Paradox, and Policy. Okay, but it's okay. basically talking about whether or not you really, whether or not you think you're free. Because when we talk about Juneteenth, what we are talking about is freedom. So we're talking about whether or not a person, whether or not you are actually free in today's world, or people feel free in today's world. Good okay. stuff. All right, All right. Doc. thank you. Thank you so much. You we have a great have one. Have a great weekend. Thanks, you too. Be blessed. Be blessed All, right. All right. All right, y'all. That was Dr. Sewell giving us a plethora of good information. We we Listen, I know um, for me, this was a really good show. I learned a lot of information from all of the doctors today. Uh, it was really, really, really good. So, all right, y'all, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back, and we're going to start rocking this music. I think we're going to take a break. My song will come on right after the commercial break. Right? Right? Yeah. All right. All right, y'all, here we back. This is Alvin. <laughs> <laughs> on that one. And I know, Edmund. right? All right, later. Like. Life happens, and when it does, the law firm of Althea DeBar Johnson, PC, and Tamara Wood is the law firm people turn to for planning and managing their legal affairs and protecting their current and future assets. The firm specializes in wealth protection through legal services that include estate planning, probate administration, and guardianship. This law firm promises to be truthful and honest, provide personalized attention, and they are focused on results that best suit your needs. For a consultation, contact them today at 404-584-5555 or visit them on the web at adjpclaw.com. The law firm of Althea DeBar Johnson, PC, and Tamara Wood, helping you plan for today and for the future so you can get on with the business of living.
You know, you know, since he's not ready, that was Donna Summers. I'm coming out. He needs another minute. That I was want you, not Donna Summers. I mean, not Donna Summers. I'm sorry, Donna Ross. Uh, Donna Ross. So since you're not ready, you still putting your little music together. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go switch, ahead on. I'm, and up my I'm, just, I'm only going to make it hard. If you go ahead on and play my wife, whichever one you choose, I still won't go wrong. Uh, it's just going to make it hard for you. Um, uh, the lady with the pretty brown eyes. You know who I'm talking about, right? We'll switch it up. Go ahead. You know Do who that. I'm talking I'm about, I'm going to write down my list because my, my uh, song selection. Not, is- not, the, not the most recent wife. The, the one not you, but you know what I'm talking about. He got me, see? See, that's what I'm saying. All right, All right here we go. pick my two songs. Go pick your little two songs. Break. Let the song play till I, till I find the song. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
what, I am done. No, no, continue. Let it play. Go on, look, look, yeah, we, we, we take you real, real high, and then we smooth it out. Okay. You hear that beat? Do you hear that beat? I hear it. You hear I those hear, melodic I hear, beats? I hear, I hear. You hear that smoothness? Feel it. I know you I already know some. I already knew those music. Just listen to it. She gonna take you there. All right, y'all. That was that was Edmund's last three songs. No, no my last my last two songs was, was, was it, yeah yeah because the, fir- the first one was Soho Hot, and I, and and man, I don't know if you remember there was a club in Atlanta called Esso. I do remember Esso. Yeah yeah. Man, that was where you go and they, you lose they your would, mind. They would yeah. Esso's used to be the place. Yeah. SO's you you, you picked some good. Spot. That was good. Yeah, and then we smoothed it out. With um, the last one was uh, Black Coffee featuring Bucci. Well, this one, uh, Superman. We're gonna smooth this one out. You, you and, like and, you like that? That was good. Though. It took you all the way there like a roller coaster ride. We took you up to the top. Okay, well let me we just let me just dropped you. No, we ain't dropped smooth it. it out. Now we now we about to drop. Uh, let's let's see what we're right, talking about, y'all. We'll, we'll, we'll let the listeners be the judge. Okay, all, all what we got? What, what you got? Go ahead on the.
right, all right, y'all. This is just a taste of what's going to happen tomorrow on Juneteenth. We're going to have our music lineup tomorrow. It's just going to be Juneteenth all day tomorrow. Let's do it. Let's celebrate. That's what we're going to do Let's tomorrow. Celebrate. Juneteenth. We, 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 the, the future is now. We're, we're in a part right of now. history that's going on. It's taking place. And it's it's a lot of bad, but it's a lot of good, too. I mean, we, we, we're able to have an open conversation about a lot of things that had previously been uh, uncomfortable to talk about. And um, like the doctors were saying, yeah, like get, get that off your chest, you know, be open to listening to, you know, people's feelings, emotions and, and, and you know, what they've uh, gone yeah. through and life experiences and that whole nine. You know, our DJ wants to send some love out. DJ, okay. don't do your thing. Don't do your thing. Don't do your thing. Send love, DJ. Go on, send the love out, man. Why, why you? Why you? They already waiting on you, man. You, they waiting on you. They Jesus, wanna... Jesus love everybody. Jesus love. <laughs> All right, let's take a Lionel Richie, Jesus love. Everybody, be safe. Be blessed. Be blessed. listening to this special edition of Old Fashioned Health on The Real 1100. We hope the information provided will help in every way possible. For more information, please visit oldfashionedhealth.com. Tune in at this time next week and stay safe.